BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I could not be more excited to be here with Corey Ray, the world's first transgender prom queen, an activist, and an influencer. Hey Corey. Hi. So happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. It's nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. So we usually start with how old are you and where are you from? I'm 25. I was actually born here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but when I was seven, I moved to New Jersey. Okay, which part? Um, Short Hills. Oh, it's yeah. northern, mm-hmm. yeah. And I uh, grew up pretty much going in and out of the city, and ended up going to Hofstra on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And then after about two years of graduation, I came back to L.A. Love it. Yeah. And you are a woman. I am. But you were born a man. Mm, I No. Okay, um, tell me. I think it's a common misconception that we say that transgender people are born a boy or a man. Uh It's that we're born transgender. It's kind of this uh, sentence that we don't hear often. I'm born transgender. Um, It's something that I started writing about, and I think it's picked up a lot of steam. And I keep promoting the idea of the fact that I was born transgender. I wasn't born a boy. And no, I wasn't born a girl. You know, I... My mom says that even at birth, like, she could tell something was different. She actually thought she was going to have a girl, Mm. um, and she was going to name me Julie. And when I was born, she just felt something different than with my brother, who's three years older. And she couldn't put her finger on it right then and there, Mm -hmm. but knowing that something felt different carried over to when I was two and asked for a Cinderella dress and for Barbies. Mm -hmm. And it was just inherent for me. I just was feminine. Everything about me was very feminine. I was playing dress up and always wanted new Barbies. And with her nail polish, my mom was a top cosmetologist, still is a top cosmetologist. And so I'd go to the salons with her and I'd be putting on her lipstick and I'd be running around and I'd be going to Toys R Us and my brother wanted G.I. Joe's and I wanted Barbies. And it wasn't anything that I learned. It's just how I was born. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's just Corey. Yeah. And I started to realize that other people thought that my natural desires were wrong Mm. just by like parents being weirded out that I wanted playdates with their daughters um, or sleepovers. And these were things I was like, why, why, why are people telling me this is wrong? Like I didn't understand. And at first I didn't mind wearing my boy clothes because I came home and I threw on my red, like favorite floral dress and I did whatever I wanted. It was actually when I moved to New Jersey, which was a very different town than where I was living in LA. Right. And I noticed that the boys were very weirded out Mm. by me playing with Barbies. And the parents were very not okay with me playing dress up with their daughters anymore. And 
I started to hide the things that made me most happy. Right. And so when I was in middle school and I was still playing dress up, which at that age, you're not really playing dress up anymore. In middle school, I was just trying to express myself in any way that I could. Mm -hmm. And then I learned the term gay and I was like, this is not what describes me. I I, I just, I immediately knew. Mm -hmm. It just didn't fit. And just then, out of curiosity, because looking at you now, you have beautiful features. Thank you. Your eyelashes, are they real? Yes. It's incredible. Thank so you. I, I almost like wonder what you looked like before. I'll show you pictures. Please. I would love um, to see because you must have always I look been exactly very like delicate. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and she's like, in my personal opinion and in the mm-hmm. opinions of many, I think she's like the most beautiful woman inside and out. Totally. Like she's just so stunning. Right. And I look just like her Mm -hmm. and that helped a lot the eyelashes helped a lot I needed something going for me (laughs) all those years that I hadn't transitioned yet and when I was 12 I was in a um I was in the seventh grade Mm -hmm. I was getting ready for my bar mitzvah Mm. and I didn't know what was wrong with me Mm -hmm. but I knew there was something different Mm -hmm. and a mom came in there's that picture that's me right a couple months before I started to transition. Yeah. You have very beautiful features. Wow. Your Thank lips you. are like natural. Yeah. Everything. It's incredible. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, here. Yeah. Here is like the best possible pictures to show my lashes oh, when wow. I was little. Um, that is insane. Yeah. You get your lashes from your mom? No. Um, everyone's eyelashes actually point straight and mine's at, mine curl. They don't know where the curling comes from, but the length I think is um, a thing on like my mom's brother's side. So- I don't know. Right. Um, and I'll put a picture of my mom. But anyway, I was in yeah. the seventh grade and this mom came in for career day mm-hmm. and she was showing her advertisements in different magazines. Right. And every kid got a different magazine. And I got a People magazine mm-hmm. and inside was the story of a female to male transgender teen. Wow. And I saw when, you were the, 12. when I was 12 and I saw the words transgender and trapped in the wrong body and it hit me like a mm. ton of bricks. I was in I remember like being in class like staring down I'm like, "Oh my god, like I'm tra- I'm transgender. I'm trapped in the wrong body." Right. It was the first time I'd ever heard of that. Totally. And I And you said you didn't identify as gay. Um no. Because you identified as a woman yep. who likes men, not I just a man see, who likes yeah. men. Mm. And and I knew that, you know, right. in the 5th and 6th grade when we learned about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, no like it's just not and I you know maybe considered it for half of a second and I was like is this it and I was like I just knew there was Mm -hmm. something more than this and at the time you know I brought the article home and I read it over and over for like two weeks and then I showed it to my mom and I was like do you think this girl is covering up for being a lesbian and my mom knowing already where this was going she's like no transgender is very real right but she found no information about it she tried so hard to find anything and it was just cross-dressers or tra- uh, transvestites or right. there was nothing tra- about transgenderism mm-hmm. and so I after I took the article back and I read it a little bit more and then I came a couple of days later and I said I want to be a girl and she said okay and we cried and we hugged and we talked all night and I said like I have this fantasy world in my head that I dream about all the time and I you know I just don't identify with myself mm-hmm. and I said can I start high school a girl mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. Right. I just don't know. And I had to go through my bar mitzvah, which was mm-hmm. like horrible. Ugh. And like, any any bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. I mean, in, in general, yes. Yeah. And then like not being able to wear like my pink fluffy dress that right. I always wanted, and like all my friends did. It just it sucked. Mm-hmm. And so I was about fifteen in high school, and 
I had already started telling, like, I think I had told, like, 11 friends mm -hmm. about this word transgender. Right. Because they kept asking me, like, are you gay? And I was like, no, I'm not gay. And they'd be like, well, what are you? And I, I was like, I I'm not gay. But you weren't bullied. Mm, no. I mean, people would think like I was like. it sounds like you were very confident. I'm, I've always been very confident. Yeah. And I've always, I've always, it's interesting, I've always liked the way I've looked. Right. But I just didn't like my body. Mm -hmm. I always wanted breasts, even though that, that never really happened for me. But um, I just, I wanted a vagina. Mm -hmm. I prayed every night from the fifth grade for mm -hmm. a vagina. And, you know, I woke up on my 19th, the day after my 19th birthday right. and I had one. Right. We'll, we'll get to but that. But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Wait, and when is your birthday? My birthday is June 3rd. My surgery oh, was Gemini. June 4th. I'm a Gemini. So I'm a true Gemini. you very smart. Yeah. You've always been smart. So you, you were very aware. I've always been aware of myself and, mm -hmm. and those around me. But I think that not only because of like, yes, in the stars, it's meant for me, but right. also because I was so hyper aware of what my mm -hmm. brother was thinking about when I was in the Toys R Us aisle with Barbies, right. what my dad was trying to say to him to like make it seem okay, what my mom was saying to my teachers. I mean, I had a kindergarten teacher who told me I wasn't allowed to play dress up. And I went oh. home to my mom and my mom came in the next day and she goes, you don't ever tell my child ever. what they can or cannot do it ever. in their free time. It was in my free time. Your mom sounds like a hero. My mom is the best person in this entire world. So, what is her sign? Um, When's her birthday? December 11th. Oh, she's, she's a Sagittarius. She's a Sagittarius. She's your opposite sign. Yeah. She fights for you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Maybe I need to start dating a Sag. I think you might. Uh, whatever. We'll get to that. So, um, so, so you're 12. So I'm 15. 15 now. And Starting high school. I was in high school. In I high was school. Um, actually, I'm pretty young for my grade. Okay. So I, I'm born in 93. So mm -hmm. I was a junior already. Mm. And... I had to go to the Halloween party. My 11 friends were Eve and I had to be their Adam. And I hated it. Ugh. And that night was probably the worst night of my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, just like watching all my friends hook up with guys I had a crush on. And just right. like my two friends came and started make, making out with me. And I was like, no, I don't want this. Like, right. stop. And I think my mom saw it wear on me. And a couple days later, she was like, do you want to start wearing my clothes? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I started wearing her jeans and her cardigans and like, very slowly over time, I started to do my own sort of transition. And then she finally found a therapist through a, she found this New York Times article mm -hmm. and no, none of them wanted to see a child. And then she finally found my therapist, Margie Nichols at the IPG center that she created. And we met, met with her that winter and she diagnosed me with being transgender and gender dysphoria at the time. That's what mm -hmm. it was diagnosed as. And gender dysphoria? Basically, um, like body, dis uh, you know, like saying... Like not I, feeling right in your own body. Is, yeah. That's really what that means. And it's not really what they say now. Yeah. It um, sounds a little uh, derogatory. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um, but I mean, it was the time. This right. is 2009. Right. right. Uh, it's 11. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm also bad at math. Oh, same. It's uh, <laughs> nine years ago. I don't, uh -huh. I don't even know. I'm not even going to try. But um, yeah. So I just really started my transition. And that was in November. And by May, I was the world's first prom queen. So it's transgender. Wow. Yeah. Hey guys, hope everyone had a really yummy and grateful Thanksgiving. I know I did, and I'm still full, which is not okay. I'm still tired um, from all that turkey, but I'm not too tired to get online and buy a new pair of shoes. I mean, obviously, and I feel like you guys aren't either. It takes two seconds, and you get the cutest shoes ever, boots, booties, anything like flats sweaters jackets jeans anything clothing accessories handbags anything that you want it's shoedazzle.com 
I'm telling you about it because I personally love it. It's the best idea for gifts, for holiday gifts and things like that as well. And they gave me a style quiz when I first downloaded it. And now they know everything that I need, everything that I want. And because I love you and I care about your style, I want you to go to shoedazzle.com slash acme now. Check it out. You'll get 50% off your whole order if you just go to shoedazzle.com slash acme. Shoe as in shoe, dazzle as in D-A-Z-Z-L-E. Check it out. It's perfect for the holidays, perfect for holiday gifts shoedazzle.com slash acme now thanks guys and hope you guys enjoy this episode i know i loved Corey, and i hope you will too all right have a good one so let's talk about being prom queen okay you how does that work because i went to school in new york city we don't have prom king or queen oh really yeah okay which was honestly so sad yeah like how do i know if i could have been prom queen yeah I don't. well we didn't have it for senior year it was mm-hmm. only a junior year thing apparently like it was too competitive senior year so it was only for juniors oh and um i just i always idolized like share from clueless mm-hmm. and regina Re- i mean regina george was right, like course. my ideal until like <laughs> i went abroad to amsterdam and then I just wanted to be, I always wanted to be the most popular girl. I always wanted the hottest guy. I always wanted to be an it girl. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, well, I didn't think this was going to be something historic. I just Mm -hmm. was like, why not? Right. I'm blonde and my hair is growing out and totally. I feel and I feel my best self at this point. And who was your date at the time? Um, so for junior prom, it was this girl who was my best friend at the time, but she ended up uh, making up a fake person senior year and cyberbullied me for eight months. What? Yeah. Um, it was actually right around when the person, the gay person at Rutgers killed himself because the roommate was filming him. Yeah. It was like right around that time. And basically... What was the... What was behind uh, that for her? She was... What we've come to think, the catalyst to all that was, she was very upset that I was my true self and I think she will always be in the closet as, as gay. Mm. And her parents are not accepting of that. I see. And I was her only friend. And I introduced her to someone else who I was their only friend as well. And the two of them basically made up a fake person senior year around prom and made me come out to them. Said they had two gay moms. They made me tell them all these secrets. It was like it was an extensive thing that happened. And um, my friends were over there at lunch one day and they told my friend and she immediately drove to school and told me and I broke down but this was senior year this was a year later so the girl that was my date my junior year um ended up making me try to kill myself or do whatever but um jealous bitch she's a cunt I don't know if I can say that I said cunt last yes yeah I mean I don't say that for many people but she is and and she had a lot of issues which is fine but you don't do that yeah, and, I feel um, sad for her. Well, then they blamed it on me. They said I had it coming. They said you had it coming because you wanted to be yourself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was popular or more popular right. than they were. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she was mad that I was her only friend, but she wasn't my only friend, and she was very jealous. And mm. she was a very um, that's a dangerous clingy, slippery slope. Yes, and you know, she definitely has mental illness and things mm-hmm. like that. That I'm not making excuse for that behavior, no, but there were there were other factors that go into someone doing but yeah. it's like it's certifiedly like psychotic psychotic um oh and yeah what happened was the story with that is i was like oh my god i'm this guy named jack he's she made my aim account my aol account and then added him on to my because she knew my passwords oh so my i he god. and i started talking 
And I go to her and I was like, hey, this guy says you went, she went to a school for mentally unwell people for like mm-hmm. a semester while we were in high school. Right. And came back. And then it was like, I was like, hey, this guy went to school with you. She's like, that's my ex-boyfriend. I can't believe you're talking to him. And ended our friendship. We were best friends since the sixth grade. And in senior year of high school, she ended our friendship over a fake person that was her. That's how crazy that was. That is truly certifiable. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. But anyway, so she was my date junior year. And Mm -hmm. my mom was doing her hair in my kitchen for junior prom. And her mom was like, well, I just don't want anyone thinking that she's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, who cares? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, so that was that story. But prom, yeah, I went with her. And it was interesting. the night like, where I was, is she today? Just out of curiosity. Who cares? She tried right. following me on Instagram. I blocked her. Um, she's always tried to like tell people to reach out to me. And they're like, no, you're mm-hmm. crazy. People used to just use her to smoke. Like she's a rich girl who just always had weed. So anyway, um, so I went. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. So the night um, getting back to it, mm-hmm. I was really nervous. I didn't know if I would win or not. Right. But. right before prom Mm -hmm. and the advisor came to us and she was like, Hey, just want to let you know that we talked to all the prom Kings. We talked to all the Queens and this year we're not going to do a dance. We're going to do a victory lap. So I kind of knew right then and there, like I'm probably going to win because they're not going to have us have a dance. They're going to have us do a victory lap. Right. Um, and sounds like a very progressive school. Very. What was the name of the school? Melbourne high school. It's like the number one high school in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are, great mm-hmm. and I've always been so outgoing and they always knew me and I, I've always just had this way with authority figures that they kind of just like are like all right like fine because it's you you know right, yeah. um so I'm the opposite <laughs> no, no I definitely you. was like fuck you guys and they're like it's okay uh-huh. um so anyway right before it they announced the prom king and this kid Matt Maseko, he's the funniest kid. He was like, somebody get this kid a blowjob. And like, it just relieved all the tension in the room. Like, uh-huh. I just, we all just started laughing. I was like so nervous up until that point. And they go, and junior prom queen is Corey Wagner. My last name was Wagner at that mm-hmm. time. And it was the movie moment I'd always waited for. Like, everything was a blur. I was like pushing through the crowd. I got on that stage. I put the crown on. And everyone was cheering. And um, this kid, Ben Littman, who won, was like kind of a nerd. And he and I like started this victory lap. My friend Jane, um, who's now Jay, and mm. I actually dated her in the sixth grade, and now they they go by they them. They're trans. Oh, um, pulled me into the crowd and started mm-hmm. dancing with me. She just felt how awkward that moment was, mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, fuck that. Corey deserves this moment. Right. So she pulled me in. It was the song "You Belong with Me." That was the song that was playing when I won. And Taylor Swift song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she pulled me in, and right at the chorus, and everyone just starts dancing with me, and it was like the best night ever. Oh. And then a couple days, like, post-prom, this kid, like, was really into me. And I could tell. And a couple days later, I, like, gave my first blowjob. And we hadn't even made out. I haven't had, I hadn't even had my first male kiss. But I, like, sucked his dick at her, ho- at her house, by the way. No. Yes, at her house. In the basement. She was sleeping on my shoulder. And I fucking sucked his dick. <laughs> Good. And um, then that summer, I, like, started wearing skirts and wearing, um, like, bikini skirts. And mm-hmm. we just tried to figure out this transition because there was no one out there to tell me how to do it. And besides my therapist, you can help me. But there was Mm no icons to look up to. There was no fashion. There was nothing for me. And so my mom, having such an eye for color and style, um, was able to help me transition as smoothly as literally possible. And basically, 
that summer I started hooking up with guys and I just never wanted to do anything sexual past like me giving them head until I had surgery. Mm-hmm. But I went back for senior year of high school and I saw an endocrinologist. I was already on hormone blockers. So I never ended up going through male puberty fully. Um, right. And thank God. And um, <laughs> I started estrogen mm-hmm. and then I graduated and went to Hofstra right. stealth. So I chose that because I was passing in everyday life without having to say anything. I didn't really want to say anything at school. I just wanted to be treated like everyone but else. But when you applied to Hofstra, did you apply as a woman? Um, I applied as transgender. Okay. They said they That's had had students option. before and mm-hmm. they flagged my um, application just so that they knew if anything happened. My mom made sure of that. I wanted to go to schools like U Miami or UCLA, but my mom was like, you need to be close to doctors and to me and you need to be home. And Because she you knew need- you wanted to have the surgery. Yeah, I also wanted to go to Pepperdine. And she's like, Corey, that's a Catholic school. Like, let's right. get you somewhere where it's a little bit more LGBT friendly. And so I wanted that raw, raw school. I was actually, um, I took design classes at FIT while I was in high school because I was going to be a designer. And I really ended up wanting that more of a college feel of like a campus. Right. And so I chose Hofstra and it was, thank God, it was a great environment. I felt myself, but I didn't. I was always um, subconsciously very angry. And so I was rude and I was a really big bitch. And I was the Regina George of my college. And Hofstra was small in the party scenes. You know, there were things called being Hofstra famous. And people definitely, every single person, if you said my name, knew exactly who I was. Whether they were rumors about me or not, everyone knew me. why was that? Because you were... I was out. I was about. I was loud. I was aggressive. No, I mean, why Um, were you... Like angry, you said. I think because I wasn't getting what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I just, I was so, even if people weren't talking about me, I thought people were talking about me. Mm-hmm. There's a story of this girl named Jess Dufault. Remember Jess Dufault? And she's this ROTC. She's a strong, muscular woman. Like she would seemingly be very intimidating. And she said that the second day of school, she saw me and she was staring at me. And I turned on her and I go, what are you looking at? And she's telling me this story senior years as one of my good friends. And she's like, Corey, I was literally looking at you because you were so beautiful. And here I was thinking that she was looking at me for God knows why. Oh, yeah. And so I just always was self-conscious. Even though I was confident, I was self-conscious about what people were talking about. Right. Even if they hadn't heard my voice yet. Um, And so – and I still had a non-vagina. I hadn't had surgery. and. Mm But that entire freshman year, while I was going to parties and making out with guys, I was preparing for gender affirmation surgery. And how do you prepare for that? It's extensive. The whole process is very extensive. Um, I chose to go to Dr. Christine McGinn, who's transgender herself. And she was in Pennsylvania. It was only 45 minutes from my home, 50 minutes from my home in New Hope. And she, I, I just thought her surgery results were the best. She was a plastic surgeon. She was trans. She is trans. And basically, she took the meeting with me right away because I was the youngest person she had seen. Right. Um, and she comes into the room and she's like, do you know how lucky you are to be your height and to look the way you do? And I was like, I guess. How tall are you? Five, five and three fourths. But oh, if you're a modeling agency, I'm five, seven and a half. <laughs> um, but that is incredible. She's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. You could have been like six, four. I was supposed to be five, eleven. There you go. Before hormone blockers. Uh, oh mm-hmm. wow! Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Like, I just, I just don't know. So I didn't stop realize my that, puberty. That stops like an actual, you know, your growth. growth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So and then reverses once uh-huh. you go on estrogen, right? And so she really 
was like, you need surgery, but you're going to need to go to vocal therapy. And I did all this vocal feminization therapy, which I threw out the window and never used, which mm. I probably should have. It would have helped a lot at school um, and just in general. Mm-hmm. And um, then I basically for you're supposed to have six sessions of electrolysis on your genitalia before surgery. The reason why um, electrolysis is like, you know, when they burn this, like the fall, the hair follicle, so it never grows back. Ah. I had uh, like a huge needle injected into my scrotum, my shaft, the groin, the gooch, like the place between. And um, it's really, it was the most painful part of surgery. I was screaming and like sweating and like. They didn't put you under anesthesia? No, you can't do that. It's not for a couple hours just to know it was like a low it, the shot was for local anesthetic I see to get the electrolysis right and they don't want any hair on the outside to be on the inside once you have surgery but because I met with her in January and my surgery happened they happened to have had an opening for June 4th which is the day after my birthday so I only had five months to prepare mm-hmm. and usually people have a little bit longer so I was taking a bus from taking one or two buses from long a train and a bus from Long Island to Pennsylvania and back Sometimes my mom would drive me if she could to sit there on a table for five to six hours getting electrolysis with a swollen, you can't call it a penis. Like it was this swollen mass and it was black and it was blue and it was scabbed and it was horrible and I was so uncomfortable. I had to put on tight jeans and go to class and pretend like everything was fine and put on a good face and go to parties and make out and do whatever I needed to do. All the while I'm doing this every month up until my surgery. I had a boyfriend at the time oh, wow. who was 25. I was 18. And like what? Like, were you able to pee normally? Were yeah. You... I mean, I was sitting down. Right. I mean, I was, I had a roommate at the time. I kind of kicked her out after October. We won't talk about that. We're friends now. <laughs> but um, I, ha- I had a roommate at one point. I was sharing a girl's bathroom on the floor with everyone else. You know, I was living as a woman. Right. Uh, just didn't have the genitalia of of one right um and so uh about a couple weeks prior you know i think like two weeks prior i stopped the estrogen and then i also go on a diet ends up being a liquid diet then a clear liquid diet leading up to it um and i kept saying like oh i'm gonna have a burger like now i'm vegan so it's funny but oh i'm gonna have a burger Mm -hmm. like after my surgery i can't wait i'm so hungry and then um you kind of just go and they tell you what's going to happen afterwards, and um, which I'll tell you yeah. after. But um, basically, I went to a hotel the night before on my birthday with mm-hmm. my mom and my stepdad, who's now my ex-stepdad, thank God. And good job, mom. And um, <laughs> thank you. And I woke up the next morning. She, at the time, was doing two, uh, two surgeries, four surgeries a week, um, two each day. And now she does like eight or something. She has a massive amount now. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is 2011. Mm -hmm. And she, or 2012, I'm sorry. This is now 2012. And I woke up that morning with a boner. And I was like, I never want to have this feeling ever again. Mm. In my entire life, I don't want this. And even though I never second-guessed myself once, I, it was like the 115% that I needed to know right. that this was right for me. Totally. Then I had to give myself an enema <laughs> in the bathtub. Yeesh. And then I had to go. I, I decided to pee for the last time standing up. Mm-hmm. Um, went to surgery. My mom at, outside the door, she's like, you know, if you want to change your mind, like, I'm not mad at you. Don't worry about the money. Like, you know, all this stuff. And, and before, I didn't know if I was going to be able to have the surgery. I didn't think they'd be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And so they surprised me at dinner. 
and I was like, I was hysterically crying. I was so excited. And so she was like, don't worry about the money. Like, and I was like, mom, I broke up with an erection. Like I never want that again. Right. And that's how I know. And she hugged me and I went in mm-hmm. and I woke up with my dreams come true. And how does the surgery work exactly? So um, everything you had done had been leading up to the surgery. Yeah. So, so that it would be easier for it to happen. And yeah. Because take- like I said, like mm-hmm. with the electrolysis, they don't want the hair on the outside to come on the inside, but they also do just in case it doesn't take burn, you know, the rest of the hair off. They don't really take every contrary to popular belief. They don't take anything away besides the testicles. Um, they use everything. So what was once the penis head is now my clitoris and the nerve endings are all there. It's tucked in mm-hmm. into the groin and they kind of use both the scrotal and the penis skin to make the lips, um, both inner and outer. I told them, I was like, don't give me bacon strips. Like I just want a really tight, nice vagina. Yeah. They were like, not that anyone who has is no, bad, but all it's vaginas just kinda, are good you know, vaginas. but I just wanted a handcrafted one that I want. I want to look like a Barbie, you know, yeah. Bar- I didn't see bacon strips on a Barbie. Right. So, um, so she knew what I wanted. And, you know, they make a hole. It's basically a six-inch deep belly button. Mm. Um, and, you know, afterwards, they're like, don't have sex with big penises, which I don't listen to. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're like, you're going to have to dilate. Dil- dilate? Dilation is these four long, dildo-y looking things, but they're not dildos. Right. And it keeps the depth of your vagina and the width, the width of your vagina for the rest of your life. Mm. Right out of surgery, it's like five or something times a day. It's like an hour long, you five times a day. You're just sitting there, there and you're just sitting there with like a doggy pad underneath. And, um, you know, you're bleeding and it's it's bad. And you have to start it pretty much right after so that you're, you know, you can keep your vagina. And right. there's a lot of things that can happen right after surgery. It can fall out. Um, the graft cannot take. It can literally come out like Velcro. Um, there's a lot, blood lot, you know, just a lot of things that can happen. And I was lucky my... Um, clitoral nerves took. So I had the feeling there. She tested it mm-hmm. and it meant I can orgasm. I Great. also, because I was, I was that, so, that was one of my questions. Yeah, I can definitely, definitely Could orgasm. So, um, and I can get wet on my own as well, which is pretty rare. I don't know if it's rare now, but at the mm-hmm. time it's pretty rare because of my age and everything, the skin. Um, she was able to make sure that I could get wet on my own, which was nice. And I, you know, sit there with the dilators and after about five times a day, it lessens to three times a day and then once a day. And then you do it after the first year, you do it twice a week for the rest of your life or you can have sex. Mm-hmm. So after I lost my virginity, um, I went back to sophomore year and I had sex with everyone. So I didn't have to dilate basically. Wait, wait, wait. Start that. Virginity? I, yes. Okay. Virginity. And then what do you mean you went back to? Like I, after. Like you, like you hit up people from high school that you wanted no, to have sex with? Uh, yeah. Um, there was two guys that I always hooked up with in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them wanted to take my virginity. Mm-hmm. The one I chose was this kid who I've written about for Jared, our mutual friend. Yes. Um, and- for his touch point. Okay, so you shared in Touchpoint. That's how you know Jared? Um, I know Jared before from okay. his friend um, who introduced us and introduced me to Touchpoint. And at that first meeting at Touchpoint, mm-hmm. I told – we were talking about promiscuity and how we should call it sexual exploration. Right. And I, this guy was saying, oh, you should wait to have sex, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I found myself through sex. I right. found myself through having sex with every type of person so that mm-hmm. I know what I like. And right. I waited 19 years to have sex. And I said I was transgender and everyone kind of just like looks at me. Jared already knew I was trans, but he was – he didn't know if I was going to share, but he was so happy that I did. And oh, then he I'm said, sure. he's like, can you write our first, I think I was the first person to write for Touchpoint. I'm not sure about that, but I'm yeah. pretty sure. And Blog post. Yeah. 
Um, and so basically the, my virginity story is I had a crush on this kid when I was in the eighth grade and he was in the sixth grade. I was his mentor. It was like five of us who go to the homerooms of the sixth graders, try to get them, you know, yeah, acclimated we, with the school. We yeah, that kind we of called thing. a mog, mentor mm-hmm. of grade six. And this kid was so cute and everyone had a crush on him. And he and I just connected. And the next year, my brother dated his sister when they were in high school. And so we kind of became family friends. Right. And we always had this chemistry. And actually, after I gave my first blowjob, the first person I ever kissed, the second blowjob I ever gave, and the person I lost my virginity to was this kid. Wow. And we kept hooking up and kept in contact. And my first hickeys, everything. Wow. And we, he kind of knew what was happening. And I was like, you know, let's hang out tonight. And I went over to his place. And it wasn't the like prom night roses limo type of situation, but it was my special. It was this kid who I'd always had a crush on and he took my virginity and I loved it. And it didn't hurt at all. Actually, the second time I had sex hurt way more than the first time. Mm. And he fingered me and I was like, was that it? I was like, that's what everyone was waiting for. Like, that's what everyone's waiting for. He's like, I guess. Uh Um, And you didn't have an orgasm the first time. No, no, no. No. And I don't know if I've ever had like, I've definitely... It's weird. Like, I feel like I can climax without orgasming, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, during sex. But I can really only orgasm on my own, mm-hmm. which I feel like is pretty normal for any right. woman. Um, right. But I also haven't had sex with someone I felt as so comfortable with. Right. Um, you know, even my ex-boyfriend in college, he didn't know about me mm-hmm. back then. So there was this. there's always been this level where I'm like, I am not 100% comfortable. So maybe I can't orgasm until I'm 100% you know, it comfortable. is a lot about that. Yeah, but, but totally. So you like going way back to when you, before the surgery, had you like you had you know I'm assuming, but I could be wrong. Obviously, tell me if I am. Like jerked yourself off and had an orgasm in a way that way. I've never really shared this, but I'll share it with you. Ooh. I basically would wrap it in a sh- in the corner of my sheet and like fuck my bed. Oh, oh, welcome to my life. Right. I think everyone does that, <laughs> but like, yeah. it's such like a weird thing. And I would like put my arms around myself and I would visualize a kid I had a crush on fucking me. Uh-huh. So I could just like pretend like I, so it was I, like I a did this. Yeah, but I yeah. did a mind trick with myself where I like felt as if the sheet was my, I was the vagina in the sheet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Whatever what I mean? you gotta do. But the orgasms, I know you're gonna ask, are different. Okay. Um, because it's just, the, it fascinates me that you've had. Both. both orgasms because men are so intrigued by the female orgasm mm-hmm. so intrigued yeah probably because they can never get them there yeah um, <laughs> yeah i um it's definitely more powerful mm-hmm. with male genitals mm-hmm. um it's the build up and everything and then it's kind of like this big explosion and it's great masturbating and having sex as a woman well I only know sex as a woman but masturbating as a woman it's more about the entire process and it's mm-hmm. very pleasurable it's not a race to the finish it's like it's like a roller coaster yeah and although I still have sort of that mentality of like let me just race to the finish because I just want to come mm. I it's a it's a more enjoyable experience the whole time in in my opinion um but it's not as great mm-hmm. it is it's just different it, they're both great right just Different. Different. And can you have kids? Technically, yeah. So you can get pregnant? No. I saved my sperm when I was 15. And I have this... Back then, it wasn't even a reality. But now it is. I was like, what if they're able to fuse two sperms together and make a baby? And now they are. 
Right. Um, triplets were born in South Africa. I think they're one or two now with two sperms fused together and an egg. Now they just did this test with mice. I think it was in China. Wait, where they don't need a sperm at all. They don't need it. Well, the eggs can be two eggs and the right. sperms can be two sperm. They're like zygotes or whatever they're called. Right, right, I'm not right. a scientist. I'm also not a mathematician. Yeah. But um, there I hopefully by the time I'm able to have a child, I will be able to um, have it biologically 100% with my husband. Also, I have a friend who wants to like let me have a kid with them. Uh-huh. And, I might do mm-hmm. that because it would be the most gorgeous person on this planet, uh-huh. most likely. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh huh. I love it. And um, let's talk about dating for you. You just moved to LA a few years ago. Uh, almost two years ago. So you had dating experience in New York. A lot of it. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. So when did you tell dates? Would it be on the date? third date, before the date, or not at all? That's interesting. Um, Dating in general is very interesting for me. You know, I I relate a lot to characters, like I said, Regina George, Cher. Um, When I went off to college, I was like, you know, I was very Samantha Mm Jonesy, who I wanted to be. I was a PR major. Mm -hmm. And while I was at school, I was very much the Regina George and Samantha Jones combined after I lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell anyone um, at all. No that one. That you lost your virginity. No, that I had transitioned. Right. Um, no, I mean, obviously, if they're having sex with me, they know I've lost my virginity. <laughs> um, and I kind of kept that hidden. And right around before my surgery, I had this boyfriend. I was just sucking his dick all the time. And he was like, mm-hmm. um, when can I see you with your shorts off? And I was like, oh, I have to go to LA and like sue my father. And when I come back, I have all these daddy issues, which is like a total false story. And uh-huh. then when I come back, I just need an excuse for surgery. Right. So he never knew. I ended up having sex with him senior year. And he was like, this is amazing. Um, and he still didn't know. No right. one knew. I had this boyfriend in college my senior year who's like my one real love story at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know either. And right before I came out with my blog, I told him over the phone. We had been broken up for like 11 months already. And he was like, well, that shouldn't change anything for me. And I was like, that's really sweet. And so from there, I was like, okay, like if nobody treats me or makes me feel the way he does, I don't want them. So now I'm very out about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very much so a Samantha Jones living in New York. I had sex with a lot of people. Like I said, I was trying to find myself and find what I liked and none of these people knew. And so relating back to the orgasm, like I, I just was never 100% comfortable with these guys because none of them knew. Right. And and how, how could they, you know, really? And even my surgeon was like, this looks like a natal vagina. Like there's no difference really. Right. And so after the blog, I just assumed that people would know from my Instagram. So I started going on dates um, and a lot of them and guys still didn't know. And they would just like look past all the trans stuff and just look at the pictures. And so I kind of started to have to tell them and it was awkward. And some of them would be like, what mostly happens in person is because they've felt my energy and they can see how feminine I truly am. They are like, well, you're really beautiful, but I just don't know if this will work for me or my family or my friends. They're worried about the sensitive male ego, of you know, course. but they think I'm really beautiful, which is like, okay, cool, but, like, can you see past the beauty to, like, the person that I am and love me for who I am in my entirety? Right. And I haven't found that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there have been guys who 
are still interested in me. And then I freak out. And I'm like, well, why are you interested in me? You want to kill me? Like, you're a serial killer? You're looking for trans people to kill? Like, you know, I just relate to like, oh, my God, is this, am I going to end up like someone on the news? So sometimes there are guys who are so fine with it. But just because you're fine with it doesn't mean I want to date you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a scientific, um, a scientific experiment or a kink, fulfill a kink or a fetish for you. Like, I'm a person. Right. Trans is not what solely defines me. I mean, it's a huge part of my life, of but it's something that I forget about on the day to day. My family forgets about it. My therapist one time we were talking, she's like, sorry, forgot you were trans for a second. And this is the person who transitioned me. Right. You know, so now that I'm in L.A., I feel like I'm much more of like a Carrie Bradshaw dater. It's a little bit more selective. It's not everyone. I love um, the Sex and the City references yeah, because I, oh, everyone listening gets that. They get it. Definitely never Miranda. Uh-huh. Definitely never Charlotte. Maybe in the future. But <laughs> definitely a Carrie with still like my hint of Samantha, of uh-huh. course. But I am way more selective because dating apps are so prevalent in my life. Mm-hmm. In New York, I was getting a lot of dates from them, but it was still that mixture of, do you guys know? Do they not know? Mm-hmm. But what I found from dating apps is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Three or four things happen. One, they say, um, you're beautiful, but I can't do this. Two, they block me. Three, they never respond. Or four, in the half a percent chance, they're like, yeah, okay. And then we maybe go to texting and maybe we go to a date. And it doesn't really go much from there. I mean, I have had guys in L.A. that I've known and I've been seeing or had seen, you know, multiple times, which just was never going to lead to relationship anyway. Um, so dating, you know, it, it's interesting because I date like any other cis woman and all trans women should be able to date like cis women. And I think that's a huge part of my being mm-hmm. and why, you know, my soul is in this body. It's, right. you know, to change the perspective on transgender women in all in all facets of life in beauty in fashion yeah. in, in in dating in sex in um in everything i mean if i were a man i would a hundred percent like wipe you up in a second <laughs> thank you if you are a man living in la listening to this like take Corey out on a date she's so beautiful <laughs> and you. such great energy um, thank you but yeah. it's interesting that you say energy because mm-hmm. i i mean i think i said that but Guys on dating apps yeah. don't get to see me in person. They don't and so get they kind of and they kind of just are like, even if they would be okay with it in person, over an app, they're like, you know what, I can swipe and find another beautiful blonde, or I can't, you know, this is LA. It's totally. every pretty person in high school who wanted to come to LA and be something. Right. So it's like, okay, I don't really want to deal with the thought of this, uh, what my friends would think, what I what, what it means for me, which by the way, if you are listening, it doesn't mean you're gay. Um, but you know, all that stuff, they just don't want to deal with it over an app. Yeah. And, and I understand, but I don't, but mm-hmm. it's when it's in person and I meet guy, guys, you know, organically, that's when there's a shift and they kind of get it like, oh, right. this isn't what I've always thought it is. This right. isn't a Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a younger, more modern version of what we think of as transgender. Of course. I love that. Do you get your period? No. You are so blessed. Sort of. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't have a child naturally. Well, but, it's um, a give and take. Yes. I mean, my barely their breasts will be perky forever and my body will be tight, but um, I can breastfeed. So that's how I'll have my connection with my child, that's I suppose. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's really nice. And who is someone in the trans community that you look up to? I have never been asked this question before. I mean... I've I've never been asked that question before. Really? Uh, Here's the thing. I'm thankful to all of the trans women 
who are putting themselves out there and are public figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, I, without Caitlyn Jenner, the, the the conversation of being transgender in the mainstream media would have never happened right mm-hmm. now. And so for her, I'm forever grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, Laverne Cox is doing so much for the visibility of the most under, you know, um, represented uh, group of people, which is black transgender women. Right. Um, I'm thankful to Jazz Jennings. She's giving, you know, younger kids the ability to know, and so am I, the ability to know that they can transition and they can have a loving, supportive family. I think I love the music of Kim Petras. I think she's great. I actually didn't, I met her and I was bonding with her over scrunchies because I'm like a scrunchy queen. And um, I didn't know she was trans. I don't know if she knew I was trans. There's normally like this thing where when I meet trans women, we kind of like make that eye contact that we know about each other and it's awkward and they usually don't like me. Mm. And it was kind of the same situation with her. Why wouldn't they? I think maybe intimidation Mm -hmm. or I'm not sure. And then maybe they don't want to say anything because they don't know. But Mm -hmm. they definitely know that I know. I don't know. It's this awkward exchange. But uh, Kim Petras' music is awesome. And I think she is the transgender pop star right now that I wish if I could sing, I could be. So I would say, you know, Kim Petras is is definitely an, an icon of mine. I love that. So where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years time? Um, I like to plan and I, I want to do everything. I think that I, you know, I want to do all facets of life in acting and modeling in um, continuing my writing. I definitely am going to put out um, a memoir, my book, and that I've been writing for two years now. And continue profiling LGBTQ people. You know, one of my biggest dreams is to have a late night talk show. Um, I also, you know, I see myself being a face of this community in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with beauty campaigns. I have this story with Maybelline. You know, it's what I saw my mom using. It's what I used in my transition. It's what I use to this day. It's the mascara that every single person says, your eyelashes are amazing. Like you said earlier, yeah, like your eyelashes you are amazing. What do you use? And I say, be a Maybelline at Maybelline. Hello, let's do Maybelline this. People are, if you're listening, if you know someone at Maybelline, if you, you know, like, let's these, do it. These eyelashes are Thanks. not to be missed. Yeah. So I want to be, you know, the first trans woman. I want to, yeah. I want, I want to be what kids see and look up to and that they can know cis or not gender spectrum, sexuality spectrum. Oh my God, Corey did everything that she wanted to do in her life, Mm -hmm. including being prom queen, including looking the way I do. I mean, I used to look at myself and never in a million years did I ever think that I could accomplish what I look like. And it sounds narcissistic, but my look is everything it was it's i i am my own dream come true and i basically want to spread the message of yes trans acceptance and all of this and veganism and the environment and all these things issues that i truly care about but it's also like you can do anything you want to do and you can totally manifest your future mm-hmm. um you just have to think it and say it and write it and practice it and 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 never let go of what mm-hmm. you want because it will happen it has to happen because you say it will happen and, you know, it's it's things like I want to be the first woman to walk the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Mm. I have a story with Victoria's Secret, too. You know, it's what got me through surgery. What's got me through electrolysis, actually. I would say, I would scream, I'm going to be in a bikini. I'm going to be in a bikini. I'm going to mm-hmm. be in a bikini. Yeah. And the first thing I did was go to Victoria's Secret and buy thongs and, and bikinis. You know, I want to do these things that are special to me. And I want to work with companies and brands who are ready to put themselves out there and say, we support this community. We want to help our world. 
absolutely become a better place to live in. I love that. And what is a quote or a phrase or just a piece of advice that you would offer to our listenership? Um, they don't have to be trans, you sure. know, it could be just anything that has helped you. I think mainly confidence is key. Um, it's what opened up my very first blog post when I came out. Um, I also, you know, believe in the power of po positive thought and manifestation, but also I think that I wasn't born a boy and I wasn't born a girl. I was born transgender and that in right. itself is very real. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks. You are so incredible. And I'm so glad that we got to meet you me and too. have you on. Yeah, likewise. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Please let everyone know where they can follow you and maybe read that blog post and anything else that you've yeah. written. My Instagram is at I'm Corey Ray. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well. You can follow my website, which I post often at CoreyRay.com. I also have a Facebook page. And you can always reach out to me if you are struggling, if you need help, if you aren't sure about your gender identity, if you want coaching with your transition. I do a lot of coaching and consulting with trans women. Um, if you need anything at all, I am, if no one else, always here for you. So please reach out to me if you can. I love that. Thank you so much, Thank Corey. You. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Bye.